Has this one's so broad, it's practically Lizzo. <laughs> Another fat joke. Those are classic. Welcome. welcome to the Naked Apple. Welcome, welcome, Naked Apple. It's been, as usual, a week. <laughs> it has been very full. The fire of has all the things. The uh, fire has fire. simmered from uh, the uh, uh, fight in the house to elect Speaker of the House. And uh, so far, I'm liking the results. <laughs> so far. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. The session is still young. Heading into spring and summer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when we run out of budget or whatever. Not run out of budget. Run out of uh, debt, debt limit. our debt ceiling. We're yeah. going to reach our debt ceiling. Oh, no. What happens if we hit it? Well, then we'd have to shut down non-essential functions of the government. Hold up. <laughs> Just, don't threaten me with Just a back, good time. Back, <laughs> back the truck up for a second. Why do we have non-essential pieces of the government? I just, just want to throw that out there. Part of the uh, question I asked back in 2020 when I was told <clears throat> that there are essential workers and non-essential workers. So you're saying that... Things that don't actually provide to society aren't necessary. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so, like, everybody at social media networks. Oops. Oh. What, what I also love about it is, so you're saying that capitalism is so amazing in the United States that you can have a job that's absolutely worthless and still get paid. Gotcha. <laughs> that is not the argument I was trying to make, but, but I you made it. Point. And that, sir, is the lesson. Unintended consequences. You actually were telling the truth. I do that quite a lot. Your people are always surprised. People are always surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we've got a lot to cover this week. A lot. A lot. So, let's start by doing something completely... Unnecessary. But also totally necessary. But also totally worth it. Our uh, weekly dose of vitamin B. Vitamin B. Welcome to your vitamin B. Thank you. We have some news for you today. Excellent. Harry Potter fans, 
I would say rejoice, but this isn't really a rejoice Oh, but story. I want it to. It's close, though. Are they turning 40 yet? Nope. <laughs> DOJ adds everyone who pre-ordered Hogwarts Legacy to anti-trans watch list. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't on one before, you are now. <laughs> I love the post I'm seeing about that of, <laughs> I wasn't going to play this, but now I see what they're trying to do to her, and I'm absolutely going to play this now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> as soon as I heard the news that... Uh, that that was a thing that was going on, I went and pre-ordered the game. <coughs> and I don't pre-order games. And I, I usually, well, I mean, I do every now and then, but... For special yeah. occasions. For special occasions, yes. like, my favorite game got remastered for the 17th time, so I went and bought it again, <laughs> again. for the 17th time. <laughs> <sighs> What's new about it? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, no, they changed some of the story. They split one game into three games. Made it pretty. Oh. That's what they do. Okay. So they can charge you three times for the same uh, game. Uh, <laughs> oh, clever girl. Great. It was great. Uh, speaking of strange things, John the Baptist invited to speak at World Economic Forum on benefits of eating locusts. <laughs> <laughs> now, while we're on the subject of the World Economic Forum... The WEF attendees discuss how to make eggs even more expensive. That's a... As if forcing ranchers to kill their chickens because of a avian flu (laughs) pandemic that their chickens tested negative for wasn't enough. I have two chickens test positive. Got to kill the whole flock. Sorry? I have no chickens that tested positive. Oh, you have to kill the whole flock. Wait, what? Excuse me? The only way to well, prevent just the in spread case. Just in case. kill everyone involved. To kill all of them. World mm-hmm. Economic Forum was behind that? Um, probably. In a <laughs> <way>. Surprise me. <laughs> I mean, uh, the guy that heads it is only the exact depiction of a Bond villain. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the World Economic Forum, citing racist history, Harvard... Bans using the word Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Fell into their own trap. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Circle of rakes, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that used to be a slur for a promiscuous woman? (laughs) Anyway. Circle of rakes? Uh, Rake. Oh. Rake in general. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes. It's a gardening tool that is also a slur for... A promiscuous woman? Yes. And when I first heard that question, my answer was ho. I was wrong. The answer is rake. Rake. I don't know. (laughs) I know now. Speaking of hoes and rakes, Congress (laughs) urged to raise theft ceiling. That's a first. I know. Except it's not. Except it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. In other news, a GoFundMe page has been started to help complete the Martin Luther King statue. <laughs> Please, do it. It doesn't yep. look right. It's, it's, it's about bad. right. We have a very special segment for you today. We have, for your listening pleasure... Seven ways to spot an FBI agent Twitter profile. (laughs) Number one. The profile pic is of a suspiciously hot girl 
and she just DM'd you. Hello, <laughs> fellow patriot. Don't you love insurrecting things? There's a joke there that it's probably best I don't go there. Is it best that you don't go there? Yes, it is. Are it you is. sure? I've made my decision. I, what rating are we going for on the show? <laughs> I generally, my wife might listen to this episode, that rating. I generally <laughs> aim for a soft R. <laughs> a soft R. Just squeaking in that R. Squeaking in. Their post history, this is number two, their post history is full of incitements to violence, but none of them are censored. <laughs> Such as classic greetings like, I like freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, they follow J. Edgar Hoover for some reason. (laughs) Indeed. Nobody follows J. Edgar Hoover. Indeed. Number four, their profile pic clearly shows an FBI agent. What gave it away? (laughs) Number five, they are wearing sunglasses in every picture. (laughs) Every one of them. Everyone. They might even have a barbecue grill. (laughs) Number six, the link in their bio leads to (laughs) tips.fbi.gov. And their pinned tweet says, looking for ideas or rather tips on governors to kidnap. (laughs) It's a weird OnlyFans account they're trying to link you to. It is. Very strange. And finally, but definitely not least, they keep warning of an inbound Russian disinformation dump whenever a new episode of the Twitter Files is announced. (laughs) Putin's had it again! (laughs) And this has been your Vitamin B. Wow, that was uh, that was enlightening. That was enlightening. That was enlightening. a good one. I have a couple of Twitter friends I need to unfriend. I just was about to say, I get this. <laughs> Fix a couple of things. Yeah, it's the sunglasses that gave them away. <laughs> that was the step where I realized. It's always aviators. <laughs> Jordan, I'm sorry. You've got to go. <laughs> Don't throw up, Jordan. It's fine. Fed, fed, fed. <laughs> <laughs> He's a truck driver. That's what sure. he told me. Sure he is. Have you ever, ever really <laughs> met a truck driver? No. No, you have not. <laughs> what does a- body by ups mean? I don't understand. <laughs> Don't understand. <laughs> <clears throat> well, those jokes were just for you, Jordan. You're welcome. <laughs> All uh, right. So on to other things around the world. ESG. Oh, that's been a topic. Hey, isn't that the weird salt stuff that they put in Chinese food? That's M M O S G M M S G, which turns out actually isn't all that bad for you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. What am I looking at, Trevor? Harvard Law School Forum on Corporate Governance. The very first link. What's happening? That is going through the wrong port. Oh. What is? What is? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is. 
There's nothing going through the wrong. Don't worry about it. Frantically dives for speaker. <laughs> I, was, I was playing the best song ever written for them earlier. I'm, uh, I'm just going to call that technical difficulties. <laughs> it, it is technically difficult to be me, yes. <laughs> so what's the ESG there, Trevor? So in the EU, they've proposed to uh, expand the ESG reporting for every company that does business in the EU. Every major company that does business in the EU. Why does that matter for us in the United States? Is that we, the climate score, ESG? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, energy, social, and governance scoring. Um, this affects the U.S. because a lot of major U.S. companies do business in the EU. Or if they don't do business directly in the EU, they buy things from businesses in the EU or they supply some things to the EU. If the... If... Uh, major German company wants to do business in the EU, they have to adhere to all of these ESG reporting standards. Are you, do you have this many electric vehicles? Do you have this much green energy supplied to your building? Things like that. Are you supporting the right social programs? Are you supporting the correct government? Right. Things like that. So it's just basically a, we control you... Yes. Or laws. In previous generations, we called it fascism. Today, they call it ESG. It's to save the environment, guys. <laughs> yes. But that affects the Speaking U.S. Speaking of saving the government, did you hear that Greta Thunberg was arrested today? Oh, yeah. I did, I did hear about that. I said anyway, environment. Moving it's on. to save the environment. <clears throat> she was arrested protesting the expansion of a coal mine that is only expanding because they initially listened to her and going all green. Now seeing her get arrested as a legal adult was just made my heart sing. It did. (laughs) It made me happy. But anyway, so if major German company, let's say they use X material, most of which they get from the United States. Well, that company that supplies that in the United States to this German company now has to abide by those ESG standards. The company in the United States that provides those materials? Yes, because that German company has to turn around because they have to follow these ESG standards. Right. They have to turn around and tell that company, hey, do you have this, 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 or this? No. Well, you have to have those things. Otherwise, we can't do business with you. Well, I would imagine that would go both ways, too. And so why aren't those companies saying, like, hey, we can't follow these standards? Um unless the United States follows these standards, is it like you'd think that that would put some pressure on them to just not have the standards in the first place? Is that (coughs) going to be effective for the United States to play ball just because the companies here are eager to play ball? There's a very simple way around this though. What's that? Uh, So, so if if you, if you look into the, the, the standards and things, that's the requirements that they have here, it's any, any company or public interest with, uh, more than 500 employees, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, large companies, well, okay, so it says public interest with more than 500, so that would be listed companies and banks and insurance. And then it says large companies that have two of the three following criteria, which is uh, more than 250 employees, more than 40 million pound turnover, or 40 million euro turnover, I mean, and more than 20 million total assets, Okay. Uh, so 
the, the simple thing to do for that would be to create a small shell corporation that only has five employees and, oh, and, and run your export through that company. Yeah. Interesting. Which is, if, if I was a large company in the U.S., that's what I would Well, do. we found a loophole. So, so you, you, create a small, you, you create a small shell company that its only purpose is to... Do business with the is EU. Is to do okay. your business with the EU. You run your product, whatever you're trading through that company. You essentially sell your product to that company. That company sells it to the EU. Right. And then you, your only staff in that company is uh, the, the logistical and... and whatever office staff that you need to, to, to keep that. Sounds like that's running. the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is all the United States companies are like, let's play ball. And they mm-hmm. kind of have been already. So there's that. But yeah. some of what they're looking for, just a summary of things, environmental protection, which is defined by whatever the EU says environmental Sounds protection Sounds a little broad, don't yes. you think? It is. A, it is. It is very it's broad. intentionally broad. It's, it's so broad that it's practically a Hollywood actress. <laughs> <laughs> Social responsibility and treatment of employees, respect for human rights, anti-corruption and bribery, ha! diversity on company boards, uh, age, gender, educational and professional background, so on, so forth. Sorry, we can't do business with you. You don't have enough females on your company board. Yeah. Sorry, we can't do business with you. You don't have enough young people on your board. You don't have enough. Insert your minority or stereotype. <laughs> insert here. woke card here. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how I feel like the woke card gets you so much more than the white card does. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, there's a white card. Why Apparently, I I'm told I, I have one. privilege. I I'm have told to I have privilege. I think that my privilege card was revoked before I was born, so I've never seen it. <laughs> so, on the election front, back in 2021, in Seattle, I almost had this be a hot mic because I'm sure Mike will love this. Of if, course. If a voter were to write their vote on a napkin and mail it in, then in the state of Washington, that vote would be counted. I think this should be a hot Keith segment. Hot Keith. From that <laughs> that that face that palm. Face palm <laughs> that we just got there. Uh, it was so hard you could gonna... hear it on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> No, that brought to mind that uh, that Futurama quote. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm of the opinion now of I like this planet. So, you get off. Me, <laughs> you get off. Let me ask you this question: What's like to stop movie. people from mailing in multiple napkins? Well, that's that's Trevor. the thing. If it's legal, apparently, to just do that, every single conservative in Washington, this. Next election needs to just dump every napkin they got for whoever conservative they want to have. I'll send some in. <laughs> no, but no, that that reminds me of the whole mail-in voting thing because we've talked about all those problems. You know, like they we have people on tape like stuffing the ballots, uh-huh, uh-huh. and we ask like, "Look, it's voter fraud," and they're like, "No, they're just dropping it off for family or you know 
what like they just come up with excuses about that but and then like no you, you can't know? assume that you can't assume that you're like yeah that's possible that's even plausible they, but they were dropping it off for their family five times in a row these are clearly weaknesses in the system. And so what are you doing to close those loopholes that people can exploit? And so this is a better example of that. This is a is, blatant example of that. Is <laughs> if they're saying that votes on napkins can count, and then I say, well, I could just mail in multiple napkins. And how are they supposed like to know reaction, who it's from? It's like their reaction is um, like, well, people aren't doing that. How do you know? <laughs> How do you know people aren't sending in multiple ballots on a napkin that apparently counts? So here, here's how this came up. How did it come up? Trevor? According to an election official that was answering questions to a review panel in Seattle, the panel was reviewing, reviewing ballots and voting attempts that were denied for a variety of reasons. One of the improper voting attempts shown was allegedly trying to vote for a Democrat mayoral candidate. No. That improper attempt came in the form of an envelope that was missing a ballot. Instead, there was a newspaper clipping of the Democrat candidate for mayor that, at the bottom, had a couple of pen marks. One pen mark appeared to be a plus sign. The other mark appeared to be a V or a check mark. Regardless of what those marks may have meant, the attempt was a failure and the vote was not counted. Good. That's good. However, this led a question from a trainee during the panel. Quote, so if someone took a napkin and wrote the office, the race, and their selection, that would be enough? End quote, the trainee asked. That would be enough, and we would count that as a vote, said an election official. Unbelievable. <laughs> and a reporter from the Post Millennial was there, caught it on video, and, of course, posted it on social media. And it was, <clears throat> her account was promptly <clears throat> deleted. However... If you copy the link and throw it into the Wayback Machine, you can pull up the video. I would play it, but it's still loading because the Wayback Machine operates at internet speeds at the dawn of internet. So there's that. What's the Wayback Machine? It's the Internet Archive. Oh. You know how they say once it's on the internet, it's forever? Yeah. That. Oh. Wayback Machine. You can that find... That sounds incredibly useful, actually. You can find deleted... You have to have the link to the thing. Uh-huh in order to find it in the Wayback Machine. Oh, I see. So if you take it down or whatever, then like you won't be able to find that if link anymore. If you're able to internet. somehow find the link, so like this link, you click on it, it takes you to uh, the status and all that stuff. But on the thing, it says this account has been... Is that the official name of it? The Wayback Machine? Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. It's web.archive.org. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, so anyway, the, the link on. in the article takes you to Katie Davis Court's personal Twitter, which is still up. And then her comment on it uh, has a link to uh, AK4WA, which I think is... That's a, that's the account name. Yeah, that's the account name. I, I think that's actually a news thing, isn't it? Isn't that Arkansas? Yeah, it's the reporter that was there and <clears throat> recorded the video. Or not Arkansas. Yeah, AK4 uh, Washington. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the, those accounts that she's she's a reporter. She posted this, and the account was suspended. Yeah, so you follow that link. It shows you this account suspended. You don't see the video at all. You you take that to the Wayback Machine. It brings you to an error because the link on Twitter is different than an actual web page. Uh -huh. But it shows you the redirect on the Wayback Machine. You follow that redirect, and it takes you to the video that is still loading. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and you can watch this whole thing transpire where everything I said is in that video because I've watched the video before. And the links are provided, including all the work to get to. And let me link. guess, no one... No one has answered that question. What's what's to keep people from voting more than once on a napkin? Well, nobody would dare do that. <laughs> well, I'm I am shocked that they're not answering questions on how they um, secure the integrity of our elections. That's that's just shocking. Uh, speaking of uh, maintaining integrity of things, Hunter Biden. Oh. You know, he fell on hard times. This is And so his father, out of the goodness of his heart, Joe Biden, offered Hunter to stay in their Delaware home while he was on hard times. It was out of the goodness oh, of his heart, you guys. Clarification real quick on that last story. Uh-huh. That was from 2021. Yes. Yes. Oh, so he was president. But Joe Biden was president during this time. And he Hunter Biden lived in that residence. No, 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 no. The last no. The last story. The the Twitter was that that Twitter post about the napkin vote. Oh, okay. Was from twenty twenty one. But yes, uh I believe uh Hunter Biden was in this house until twenty twenty one. He moved into the house in 2016 after his divorce. It says, it says in the article that the document is signed July, 2018. Yes. And so the, the rental, um, Hunter listed his rental tenancy from March, 2017 to February, 2018. Mm -hmm. And a different story I read, um, stated that he was using the residence as far back as 2016. Yes. And that, um, he has apparently either purchased this residence or a different one from Joe since the 2018. Right. So while he was there, again, on hard times, just divorced, doesn't have money, all this stuff, trying to figure out what to do with his life. Out of the goodness of his heart, Joe Biden gives him a steep discount of $49,910 rent. Per month. Per month. So in other words... He's he's given the big guy fifty thousand dollars in rent to stay in his uh, Delaware home. No, yes. no, 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 no. Because just to be clear, if you're money laundering, you absolutely do not do a round number because that's suspicious. <laughs> that's right. That's a- when you're doing rent, you never pay a round amount for rent. You always pay some odd number like $49,910. And what was his rental payments, Trevor? $49,910 was oh. rent. Interesting. It is interesting considering the highest rent in that area was $6,000 per month. And he's paying 10 times that of rent. And uh, Hunter was listed as the owner of the house, wasn't he? At one point. And because, so because he, he bought it, eventually. according to this, Hunter owns the house and he's still paying $49,910 in rent to his father, Joe Biden. What's significant is this is the same house that has that Corvette in a secure garage and happens that's to where have the secure this happens to documents have documents uh, were classified documents. <clears throat> yes. Next to the Corvette. I mean, it's not on the street. So it's it's totally secure, according to Joe Biden, because it's not on the street. It's just in the house that Hunter Biden lives in, and he's clearly giving kickbacks to his father for something that Joe Biden Biden is involved in. Hunter Biden himself had something to say on this issue. In a text to to one of his daughters, 
He said, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Oh my gosh. That's an actual quote? That's an actual quote Holy yeah. from bananas. a text message and it's he a- sent to his daughter. And so it's according to Hunter Biden, he's saying that Joe Biden demanded that he get a significant kickback, according to Hunter Biden, according to that text message, it's half of his shenanigans overseas <laughs> to uh, uh-huh. to the big guys, as they might say. And this, yeah. I mean, this is basically proof. Like, how could this not be money, money well, laundering? Well, it's a good thing that this didn't happen during the time where he was making deals with China and Burisma to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> to the point of... Uh, what I was saying about there being some um, fogginess as to whether or not he's still living there. Uh, according to his most recent Delaware's driver's license, Hunter Biden's current residence is still listed as Barley Mill Road, which is the same address where Joe Biden kept troves of classified documents. And these are documents that have been there since Joe Biden was vice president. Right. Allegedly. So over six years so allegedly that alleged. the documents have been there since he was vice president, not that he was hey, allegedly vice president. His attorneys, as soon as they found it, they let the proper authorities know. I, I, I get the feeling that the first, the first like information dump about that was his lawyers going, uh, shit guys. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to be involved in this. Let's just turn this over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had enough of Joe, well, guys. They had enough thing, of Joe. They had a Loki as Odin moment. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, and and uh, you know the, the the more you look at this story, like everything involved with this story, the weirder it gets. You know, because because like I said, there's there's um, some allegations that Hunter's been there since as early as 2016, and is is potentially even still living there. Um, like I said, his current driver's license still shows that is his home address. Um, you know, there's there's these documents here. There's the documents in the think tank. There's there's so many things around this. There's four family. different locations of yeah. documents. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. As as far as I know, there's four different locations. Uh, there's so many different things around this family, and and you know, I mean, you talk about Burisma, um, Burisma, uh, Hunter Biden's salary for being on the board of Burisma was fifty thousand dollars a month. That's suspicious. <laughs> Like I said, and he, he was got a time. And Hunter he Biden, got Biden that position. was no expert he, in oil and gas. He or got whatever. that position at Burisma because in March of 2017, after Joe Biden made a phone call to Ukraine, telling Ukraine to fire the attorney that was investigating. And we have Burisma. that on tape where yeah. Joe Biden is Admitted abusing it. his position as vice president, yes, um, to get kickbacks for himself, yeah, and his family. Yeah, and and I mean the the more like I said, the more you dig into this, the more well, the m- more weird it gets. Because uh, I mean, you talk about uh, tax returns and stuff. They they've been going after Trump for tax returns for forever. Joe Biden's tax returns don't show any of these rents. No, he shows nineteen thousand eight hundred dollars listed in his twenty seventeen taxes. Well, isn't that interesting? Um, 
Uh, there was so some, there was he hit it from his tax returns, you're saying, and now they're hiring all these um, IRS agents, and I bet I know who's not going to be audited. Not them. Well, and and I actually I, I heard an interesting an interesting thought the other day um, about everything that's going on with this too. Um, I can't remember who I heard it from. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. But the 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 thought was um, that he he that Biden Joe has become kind of a liability in no. the spot, like no. to the Democrat Party, like you to mean? the Democrat Party, okay. and and he was asked to step down, and and now that he's in the position, he's refusing. Ah, yeah, you can do that. You can be placed in a position of power <clears throat> by someone, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you're in that position, you can just use the power that they've given you. Right. And, and and so the the theory that I'd heard from them was that that all of this stuff coming to a head right now and and kind of actually being trickled out and, and released into the public view a little bit is <clears throat> kind of the 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 deep state whatever their their kind of warning shot. <laughs> they have someone in mind to him. Yeah, they they have someone in, in mind. And if if he doesn't Play ball. Recuse himself. If yeah. he doesn't play ball, then the the theory progresses that they will um, replace Kamala as VP, have her that, step down. That's that's my exact thought. If you see mm-hmm. Kamala Harris resign and she gets replaced, Joe Biden's gone. Joe Biden's gone. Exactly. Interesting. And they'll replace Kamala with, with who they actually want to be in power because Newsom. they're they're over the halfway mark now. So My vote is Newsom. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's he. He put forward Newsom in or it. What? Huh? <clears throat> because he'll be super unpopular, or what? No, oh, because you're just predicting. Yeah, because because he's he's a Democrat shill through and through. Um, but yeah, so they'll, they'll they'll replace Kamala with somebody they want, uh, and then they will remove Biden forcefully, and and then that VP will become they'll do the every, president. They'll do everything to force him to resign. And if he doesn't, they'll take it all. They'll let the Republicans do all the investigations they want to bring up um, impeachment stuff. Oh, and that would make the Republicans play uh-huh. right into their hands. Yes, basically, yes. exactly. Oh boy, and and yeah. they'll and they'll allow for evidence to come out that's just so damning that the Democrats have to come forward. It's like we do, we don't believe everything else they're saying, but this bit of evidence that came out, we we can't ignore that. So right. Again, going yeah. back to Joe Biden himself, and, and all of that is just kind of a, a you know shot in the dark conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah. off on the the, yeah, the side there. To prove but we that. have no proof. <laughs> there. Have, there's there's no proof it's of just, any of that. It's just it's just be wary uh, if Kamala Harris steps <clears throat> down all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just speculation at right. this point. Conjecture. Right, because at this moment, so we are. Th- it's <clears throat> the seventeenth today. In three days, Joe Biden has been in office for two years. Yeah. Yes. Once that mark is reached, anyone that takes his position can still run for two more terms. Yes. So you'd have Which, potentially ten. Years I believe of, we had. I believe we era. had a prediction when Joe Biden won. Yes, that they would let him go for two years. Yep. We did, and then they would try to replace him. Hundred percent because of the. I, I'm terms. pretty sure that was our. I, I'm pretty sure that was our betting money, and that we threw on initially. That. We were throwing our money at Kamala Harris because 
that's just kind of how the system usually plays out is you have someone as your VP that's going to be basically just like you in case you're removed yes. for whatever reason. <coughs> However, Kamala Harris has proven time, time again, not only is she probably the dumbest politician the United States has ever produced, aside from Hank Johnson. <laughs> However, I would not be surprised if she thought an island would capsize if too many people were on one side of it either. <laughs> but she's also assessment. extremely unlikable. Yeah. So Very much so. To the <clears throat> point where her own state gave her zero votes in the presidential run. So... <laughs> so there's that. So yeah. So that that part of it we did not see coming at the time, but as of now that's where I'm putting my chips. <laughs> that's that's because all we knew about Kamala Harris is that she, you know, blew her way into the position she was in. So and she took Biden to school on the debate stage. She really did. And then she stepped down. I mean, it's like, hey, granted, something's up there. <laughs> The mumbling buffoon, getting the better of the mumbling buffoon on stage really isn't that much of an achievement. You, you put enough monkeys in front of typewriters, eventually they'll give you Shakespeare. Eventually they'll give you Shakespeare. <laughs> so the theory goes. <laughs> I, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. But yeah, I, uh, did you see Ducey ask uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre about uh, the visitor logs? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't have <laughs> visitor logs. Hey, hey since uh, all these classified documents are being found at Biden's house, will we now get to finally see the visitor logs for his house? Her response, uh, the Bi Biden's administration has undid what the Trump administration did away with, and you can see the visitor logs for the White House. No, you rock of a brain. Biden's home in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there are no visitor logs. There is no visitor so, logs, at least yeah, publicly. Going, going back to the documents, like Joe Biden's corruption himself. So apparently we found um, classified documents in four different locations. Yes, the if, first, first batch had something to do with Ukraine. Um, at best, you can call this gross negligence. At but, best, yeah. <clears throat> Which is why you would hire your attorneys to do all the moving for you instead of a moving But, uh, I mean, but, putting yeah. all our ducks in a row here, we know that Joe Biden fired someone in Ukraine using his position as VP so that his son would maintain his position on the board. We also know that Hunter Biden was getting paid, like you said, Mike, $50,000 to be on that board. And having we zero know, experience in that yeah, field. Yeah, having no specialization <laughs> in that field. So the question is, why did he get on that board? Uh -huh. And now we know that Hunter Biden was paying um, almost exactly $50,000 in rent to stay at that home, which they found classified documents. Oh, and by the way, before in, that, we sent quite a lump sum of money to Ukraine. This is before the Ukraine-Russian war, obviously. We sent a lump sum of money to Ukraine, and a chunk of that went missing, and Hunter Biden was paid-ish about the chunk that was missing. Well, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> anyway, point is, Trevor, I think it's money laundering <coughs> and abusing his position no. as a oh. government official. No. And when he says things like, oh, well, you know, we, we didn't know about these documents or... You know, Joe Biden, he, he takes classified documents very seriously. I'm going to go with he's lying about that. 
Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Aside from having zero proof of money laundering, you're on the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, March 2017 to 2018, document shows Hunter was renting. Yeah. Renting. 20, also, he owns the house. 2018, there's a document showing that he claimed ownership of the house. Hunter claimed ownership of the house. So was that house. after the renting commit? Apparently. So it, it doesn't say right. exactly. So Hunter time. Biden, who has never had a top secret security clearance, owned a house with top secret documents inside the house. Gotcha. Yeah. And oh no! So it he he did claim to own the house while he was paying rent to Joe for the house. At some point, is because, what this says because that makes sense. It, yeah, it also says that he owns a law firm. <laughs> Hunter Biden owns a law firm. Yes. Uh, well, at this point, he better yeah. and 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 uh, several of the um, wire transfers that he made. That are currently being flagged in the uh, the investigation involve his law firm. <laughs> no, I'd be really interested to know how big so, that house is. Not that big, <clears throat> big enough for a Corvette. That's all I know so but far. But like you said, rent is like the highest rent is like six thousand dollars. Six grand in that area. Yeah, yeah. So that's suspicious. Only a lot. Okay. <laughs> well, that I was mean. Fun. The name Biden is attached to it. Suspicious so, uh, is kind of a given at this how many, point. How many impeachable offenses are we up to with Biden? I don't have <clears> enough <throat> digits on my hands and toes from just that one I story. can't count that high with my shoes and my pants off. Well, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to... <laughs> Divide by seven evenly? <laughs> I'm just anyway. looking forward to the principal Democrats and Mitt Romney investigating corruption yes. and impeaching a corrupt president. Do it. Do it. <laughs> or maybe they were full of it from the start. Uh, uh, well, that. yeah, there's... They might be trying to screw me. Well, of course they're trying to screw you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was I was telling you guys about the Matt Gates interview I watched yes. earlier, yeah. right? Um. You guys really need to go watch. Everybody needs to go watch. All that. right, I'll so, check it out. So Tim Timcast IRL did an interview with Matt Gates. I highly recommend you go watch the entire interview because Matt Gates lays out some stuff about being a congressman and different stuff that is just insane. Some of the the things that have been going on, and and you know you talk about about corruption and stuff like that. And uh, Matt Gates was like, well, the the biggest like because they were talking about how to how to uh, stop the corruption and, and those things. Uh-huh. And, and he's like the, the biggest, uh, I guess the biggest thing that, that exposed the corruption to him was his, his like freshman orientation as a congressman, <laughs> because you, you come in, you, you know, you get elected in your state, you're flown out to DC and they, they take you out and they wine you and dine you. They take you out to like a nice steakhouse or right. whatever, take right. you out to dinner, and they purposefully put you at a table with um, lobbyists of whatever it is that you're looking to do. So like um, Matt Gates wanted to be part of the, uh, the uh, military 
uh, funding and whatever. Um, so he sat councils. with Lockheed Martin. And so, all so he was set with military contractors right. and, and stuff like that. And <clears throat> he sat down and they said, so you want to be part of this committee? And he's like, well, yeah, that's, and, and they said, okay, that'll cost you $75,000. They have prices attached to these things. From who? Like who, who's demanding that money? The lobbyists. Oh, geez. So, so you, you pay it, like it'll cost you this much. And then the lobbyists give you, you know, whatever back. That still feels a little low. So you you give them 75,000, you give them $75,000, sell your soul to them. And then they will, they'll support you and get you on that committee. Oh, your soul is part of it. That makes sense. And then they'll, (laughs) they'll turn around and say, we'll donate 90,000 to your super PAC for your next election. Yes. So it's an investment. And so that was that was a big part of everything going on with the the House Speaker election was um, because that that group of twenty was trying to buck the system because right now what's happening is the person that gets elected to Speaker of the House or or you know these these important positions especially Speaker of the House because the Speaker of the House essentially under Pelosi and and the last couple of seats has taken power to where they can unilaterally either bring things or stop things from hitting the floor. Yes. And and they've made it so that they can they can essentially unilaterally push things through that they want without a vote basically. Without a yeah. vote more or less. It's really bad. And and a so Republic, it's become you can keep it. and it's become it's it's become to the point where um, the Speaker of the House is no longer somebody who is actually elected by people that the congressmen actually believe their constituents would want in that position. It's it's an election of who can raise the most money. And he's like, he actually said this in the interview. He's like, McCarthy raised over half a billion dollars. So in the question the is, who owns his soul? Basically. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. He he said he said McCarthy raised over half a billion dollars in donations to the pack to be the speaker of the house. I see. So the question we have and to ask so is And so that was why they were standing up and doing that was to say no to that system. Yeah. To say no, you can't just come in here, put your speaker in and then do whatever the hell you want. We'll elect your speaker if you give us these things, turn yeah. the tables on. So in yeah. exchange for what is basically what we have to ask our question for exactly. not just the speaker of the house, but anyone in any position. Yeah. DC. Yes, exactly. And if you in notice, exchange for what, <laughs> if you notice with those 22, most, if not all of them are basically junior mm-hmm. representatives in, in the, uh, in the 20, in the 20. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying is the longer you're in DC, like it's the worst it gets. time. Before you get bought, most yeah. Oh, and that's and that that was another thing he said is 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 if you turn down the initial offer that you get on your freshman orientation is what he called it. If you turn down that offer from that point forward, the lobbyists, the pack, they try as hard as they can to oust you. Yep, to get you removed, to get you discredited, to make it so that your voice isn't heard, because they don't want anybody in Congress to have a voice that isn't in their pocket. Yeah. It's fun. Politics is fun. Yeah. He, he essentially well, just confirmed like everything. 
all of the <laughs> all of the worst ideas I've ever had about Congress in that one interview. Oh, there it all is. No. to see. Well, we need to know what we're up against before we can make improvements. <laughs> you magnificent bastard, I read your book. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Speak- I'll, I'll quit. Uh, I'll quit tri- sidetracking here. Speaking we got of, to get through. Got three quick bills here that uh, floated through Congress recently. Oh yay! Starting with, uh, is it Maxine Waters proposed this, or no, Sheila Jackson Lee proposed HR sixty one. Oh yay! To prevent and prosecute white supremacy inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white co- supremacy inspired hate crime, and to amend Title 18 United States Code to expand the scope of hate crimes. Within the bill, you will find that basically, if you are white and you criticize anything about the border, you are guilty of white supremacy and you should be thusly adjudicated. So it's basically a thought police. It's basically the Democrats are confirming they have never not been racist. Change your mind. (laughs) They just change the race they hate. When it's convenient. Right now it's convenient. It says that in the bill that if you're white, you cannot think these things. It says... uh, Let's see. A person engages in white supremacy-inspired hate crime when white supremacy ideology, again, that sounds like a very broad term. That could mean anyone that opposes BLM or something like that, which is basically just a money Kind of like when you throw terrorism into a bill and then don't define what terrorism is. This one's so broad, it's practically Lizzo. (laughs) (laughs) Another fat joke. Those are classic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i am fat so it's okay <laughs> i mean that that's how the rule works so. that's generally how the world works if you want to lump yourself into that category <laughs> of fat but if it allows me to make fun of her i'll do whatever i have to <laughs> i wonder if you i'll can take one for the team fat, so you can make fat jokes yes um i have to maintain my girthiness Let's see. I mean, let me control F this. I, again, it, it, it <laughs> seems to me to be just, they, they define uh, white supremacy as something fairly ambiguous. And so they can selectively enforce the law yes, basically against people they don't like. So that's well, what that's, I've seen so far. That's, that's essentially what they do with every, every one of these laws that they pass. I, that's what they did with the Patriot Act. You know, they, they passed the Patriot Act with this, this hurrah, hurrah, let's, you know, Go fight for freedom, right? Bullshit that they were slinging, and and the Patriot Act, you know, when when they passed it, the Republicans, everybody that voted for it back then, were thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna go use this on terrorists and and this shit. And now the Patriot Act is being used to attack Americans. That's that's why the Patriot Act exists right now. It's the only thing it's being used for. Yeah, you know. It's it's being used to attack Americans, and and you know there were people that saw it back then. I wasn't one of them because I was eight, <laughs> nine. You know, I mean that's a good reason. <laughs> there's, there's that. But I remember my dad talking about it, going, 
this this is probably not a good idea. Uh-huh. I remember that too. You know? And <laughs> wait, you guys can just look at anyone you want whenever you want? Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> you know, and and so that's that's what they do is they they come up with an excuse they create an enemy so that they can create a law so that they can persecute who they want to. That's, that's what they do. That's the playbook. It's always been the playbook. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so there's that one. On the flip side, Republicans introduced two bills of note, the first of which um, condemns attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers. And... Uh, the Democrats, I think all of them, voted against that. So they are in favor. So they're in favor. They're in favor of attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers, churches, things like that, that promote, you know, a child being born. And people vote for these people. And people vote for these people. They all voted against that. They also, Republicans introduced a bill that would require a baby that survives an abortion to be provided the medical attention it needs. And the Democrats voted against this? 210 Democrats voted against this. Is that all of the Democrats? That's all of them. All of them except for Henry Cooler. Yeah. The Democrat from Texas. And probably for good reason, because he probably would not be elected again if he did. (laughs) Well, that should be the case for all of them. That should be the case for all of them. And every single Republican on the floor should have turned around and shouted them down of, how demonic are you? Let me guess. They didn't do that. No, they didn't. Well, I mean, you can read it, and the Democrat name is right there. It's very, it's bolded. Demon, yeah, I see it. Yes. With a capital D, even. Jerry Nadler, old uh, belly button pants himself, got up and explained very clearly why it was a bad idea to pass this bill. Let's listen. Uh, maybe if I unmute it. Gosh, dang it. Here it I help. was. It would help if you would Thinking, turn the Did mute. you ever get a commercial-free account, Trevor? No, but I played it so it skipped all the ads. It's already gone through we need to get you all on. the ads. And Just log can... into my account, I man. Know. We need to do lots of things before show starts. <laughs> you you really only need to do it once. It keeps me logged in the rest of the time. Just like uh, it's taken us how long to finally label that? <laughs> Soundbite. We are not good at what we do. No, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> but we do it nonetheless. But we are clear about our inefficiencies. That's fair. We are fully transparent. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Jerry Nadler explaining why giving a child that survived an abortion. Remind me again who Jerry Nadler is. He's the guy that's got his pants hiked up about well, yeah. to his nipples. Yeah, I recognize his <laughs> face, but is he like a Democrat? Yeah, he's Democrat. <laughs> he used to be the chairman of the judiciary that Jim Jordan now holds the gavel of. So, yeah. Anyway, this is, this is his defense. Speaker, I end this debate by reiterating the point I made at the beginning. This legislation would do nothing to enhance protections or the quality of health care if an infant is born after an attempted abortion. It has always been against the law to intentionally kill or harm a newborn infant, whatever the circumstances of its birth. 
It has always been against the law not to uh, afford such an infant appropriate medical care. The bill does nothing new to protect infants. The bill, however, is not harmless. Rather, if enacted, it could place the lives and health of newborn infants at risk. The bill inter directly interferes with a doctor's medical judgment what? and di dictates a medical standard of care, namely immediate transport to a hospital, that may not be appropriate in the particular circumstances. That is why a broad coalition of healthcare provider groups, joined by a wide range of additional health, civil rights, and women's rights... So, passing this bill could be detrimental to the health of the baby that survived an abortion because it might have to get transported to the hospital. Explain that one to me. Ten seconds ago, Jerry, you wanted the baby dead. But now that it's made it out of the womb, this could be detrimental to its health if it has to be transported to the hospital. What... Pretty sure if the baby has to be transported to its health, it's or to the hospital, its health is already jeopardized. Been well, I mean, they were trying to kill invented. it a second ago, and and that brings up something else. If this abortion provider is an actual doctor, women doctor, whatever kind of thing, shouldn't they have everything they need there to take care of anything that happens? They should if they were an actual doctor. Yes. What's interesting is these pro-life centers... Most of the time, that would be true, yeah. ...always have on-site registered nurses, registered doctors, all the equipment needed to take care of anything that happens during a woman's visit to these pro-life centers. You go to Planned Parenthood, it may or may not be a doctor that's there, and there may or may not be an actual nurse there. So that would justify transportation, would so it not? That would mean you'd have to transport it to where there is a licensed doctor and actual nurses who can take yeah, care well, of an infant. I mean, putting putting the pro-life arguments aside for a minute, like even if you do believe that abortion is okay, even if you do believe that there's something magical about the birth canal, that it changes the human rights from no human rights to human rights... I would assume that we could all agree that once a baby is born and is a baby and is clearly a human consciousness, the reason you know it's a human consciousness is because it um, it has the ability to feel and move and everything like that. If it's on the table and you want to kill it, that is murder. Uh-huh. And all of these Democrats are like, no, we can't do that because it might jeopardize the health of the infant that we're trying to kill as opposed to what? However, every single one of those Democrats would tell you 100% if a two-week-old baby that's at home with mom and dad, an intruder comes in and does whatever, the baby's life is in danger, that baby has to be transported to the hospital in order to receive <clears throat> medical care it needs or else it will die. Yeah. Well, that... This is why this is why late term abortion is a horrible thing because if if a baby can survive, um, an abortion which is a which is a real thing yes. for late term abortions surviving an abortion that's a real thing yep. Um, then a baby is capable of surviving and then you have to decide, like what happens to this baby if it survives a, an abortion which clearly the Democrats are in favor of just killing it. 
And then that, like, transitively, you have to say, okay, well, if a baby can survive outside the womb and all you did was change the location, then think about how horrible it is to do abortions at all. Yeah. yeah. So to give you a number to that, there's an estimated 44,000. So back up a second. 42 million children are aborted worldwide every year. And in the United States, it's what, 2 million? Something like that. Or, no, no, I, I feel like I can't I'm remember. My, maybe I can't remember just... exactly. 42 million worldwide. Uh huh. Of the 42 million worldwide, in the United States alone, there's an average of 44,000 survivors a year. How, how many surviving abortions per year? 44,000 44, in the U.S. alone. Holy shoot. Uh, this wikipedia article is saying that it's about a million a year in the united states yeah that Um, are aborted well it's upwards of a million (laughs) actually in 2019 it was 625 yeah anyway that's that's 22 percent that just gives a ballpark yeah Yep. So, uh, but anyway, that's a thing. Like, you, just, just looking at the um, like the proportionality so here. That's point four. Uh, so, so point four would be that's four four point four percent. How many nine elevens is that? That's like ten a year. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. So, and, so abortion in the U.S. has a four point four percent survival. And rate. so, those are the human consciousness that are. Struggling on the table, wanting you to have live. a greater percentage chance that your child will survive an abortion than you do that your condom will break and you'll have a child. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just, just say statistically speaking. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, just the point is, is that these people are in favor of these human consciousnesses that are struggling on the table, moving, struggling for life, they're in favor of not providing them health care. And the reason Just why this is... turning a blind eye and letting them die. And the reason why this is a thing, Jerry Nadler, it's already illegal to do this. Already illegal. Okay, let's pass the law then. What's the harm in passing it if it's already illegal? One. Two, this came up because in North Carolina last year or the year before, the governor said... If a baby survives an abortion, the doctor and the mom should be able to discuss what to do with the baby while it's sitting. Yeah, Virginia is sitting on the table, writhing in pain to the point where it probably can't even scream because it's in so much pain. And doctor and mom get to stand there and decide what to do. And if mom decides not to keep the baby, the baby just sits there and dies, either from freezing to death or choking to death or any other means that are absolutely torturous in any other circumstance. So here's a question for the Democrats. That's why that bill is on the floor. How do you guys live with yourselves? Well, when you sell your soul to the devil, you can sleep anywhere you want because the devil's watching over you. (laughs) Speaking of death cults, The FDA vaccine advisors are disappointed and angry that early data about the new COVID-19 booster shot wasn't presented for review last year. 
hey, you didn't give us all the information. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, we passed, we allowed it to go through anyways, but you guys didn't share all the information. <laughs> so the FDA who approved the uh, the new COVID-19 booster uh-huh. were upset that they didn't have all of the data to make a proper decision, even though they made that decision anyway. Knowing that they did not have all the Knowing data. that they didn't have all the information. Yes. That seems a little reckless, wouldn't you say? A little bit. A little bit. And aren't, aren't these same people wondering why the public is losing trust in their institution? <laughs> no, see, you're not allowed to question anything about that, especially previous... <laughs> iterations of this vaccine but luckily for us there is the kaufman institute for coincidence let me see if my mouse will appear there it is and go are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence (laughs) you want proper medical care but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. If you're listening, problem. it's a bunch of people at grabbing the at their chest. Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. <laughs> Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. (laughs) If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. (laughs) And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. How would they treat sudden death? Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman. Schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. They're giving little hand hearts at the end. Ah, it's fabulous. Coincidences abound. Now that was just so heartwarming. (coughs) That was really well done. That's, uh, I want liberties is, uh, the person that created that, um, in light of (laughs) all the coincidences, sudden deaths, everything that's been going, it's every day. There's some new 20 year old, 19 year old, 13 year old had a heart attack, had a stroke, died suddenly collapsed you know normal things you see every day especially in the sporting world except for Matt something that happened about two and a half years ago when Mike and I started this idea of a podcast for whatever reason (laughs) Uh, it wasn't to make money Uh, apparently not (laughs) 
Um, following all the uh, COVID stuff, we started noticing there were stories showing up of like the guy that was in a motorcycle accident and he was counted as a COVID death. Yeah. And we pointed to that like, hey, <laughs> are we uh, <coughs> are we counting people who died with COVID the same as people who died from COVID or are we distinct? Are we distinguishing the two? Uh, we're everything is a COVID death if you if you really look into it. The guy on the motorcycle, if he didn't have COVID, would not have crashed. Oh, okay, 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 because that's how crashes work. Yes, KKK. That's correct. So, Leanna Wen. So, the link I have is emissourian.com, copying from the Washington Post because this link behind a paywall that I don't want to pay the Washington Post for. Fair enough. (laughs) Leanna Wen, if you don't know who she is, she was the CNN commentator person. She used to be the head of uh, Planned Parenthood, but now she's a medical expert that appears on CNN and others. And during the COVID period, she was the one that was saying that um, people who don't get the vaccine. We need to find the right carrot and stick to stick in front of them to make them take the vaccine so they can participate in society. Oh, 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 oh. She wrote to an which art- I, I think I remember my response was come and try. <laughs> Dangle all the carrots you want in front of me. I ain't biting that. I'll beat you with your own stick though. <laughs> Now, if you hang a stake in front of me, we'll talk. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's a fair assessment. Um, She wrote this uh, article in the Washington Post. She said, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the United States is experiencing around 400 COVID deaths every day. At that rate, there would be nearly 150,000 deaths a year. That's a lot. Isn't that about what we had? But are these Americans dying from COVID or with COVID, she says. Gotcha. Understanding this distinction is crucial to putting the continuing toll of the coronavirus into perspective, determining how likely an infection will result in hospitalization or death helps people weigh their own risk. It also enables health officials to access to assess when vaccine effectiveness wanes and future rounds of boosters are needed. She goes on to say that more than half probably are not actually COVID deaths. Which is exactly what Mike and I said from the beginning of this stupid podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for everybody that thinks 150,000 deaths is really, really high, roughly 3.5 million people die every year. In the U.S.? In the U.S., just regularly. That's, that's a regular number. We lose 3.5 million. We gain roughly 3.2 like or something like that. Yeah, three three point four somewhere in there. <sighs> yeah, that's that's all you need from that article. It's a bunch of dribble to eventually tell you that I was a shill the entire time, but now we need to look at this because the shilling needs to go in this direction. It's three point one five. That's is yes. how many people? No, that's how many people are born. Every oh. year, we we have three point one five births or three point one five million births. We have three. Wait, no, I've got that backwards. It's three point one five million deaths, and three point two 
or uh, 3.5 million births. That's mm. what it is. Births, births are lower than I would have expected. Because it's, it's a difference of one second. There is there is a uh, there is a birth every nine seconds. There's a death every ten seconds. That's a little too close for my comfort. Uh huh. <laughs> well, we'll talk about birth rates in a minute. Yes. And, and there is uh, a net gain of one immigrant every like fifteen seconds or something like that, if I remember right. Something like that. Well, that would. Gosh. Or thirty five. It's every thirty five seconds. Okay. That. Yeah, that's still really high. <clears throat> so on a, a completely unrelated uh, note here, um, it says nothing to do with COVID, I swear. Uh, the, uh, um, oh, what was, what was this? Ah, 32. It's, it's one, one international migrant every 32 seconds, one death every 10 seconds, one birth every nine seconds. There you go. Okay. So we have a net gain of one person every 27 seconds from the birth death. Right, right, right. The Bureau of Labor Statistics released some results on uh, uh, disabilities within the labor force. Oh, really? Yeah. So from 2009 to about the beginning of 2021, it's a fairly consistent uh, The trend, trend is fairly consistent. Yeah. Yes. You have your. But then, what happened in 2021, Trevor? Well, the beginning of 2021, January specifically, there just—I don't know—some miracle drug rolled out um, that everyone decided to start taking before any kind of actual research and stuff was done on it, <coughs> and it uh, it spiked up quite a bit. This and is a labor participation rate. This is the. Or unemployment rate or something uh, This like is that? the labor force that has a disability. Oh. Disability can be anything from you were born with a disability to something happened to you because of something you took, maybe, or a medical thing, and now you're disabled, but you're still in the labor force. Um, so, yeah, spikes start spiking up in January 2021. Um, the Biden administration mandates this miracle drug in about March and April, and then it just exponentially increases after that. Huh. And it keeps going up until December of last year. Uh, and it's just the 7.7 million. So how does it compare from like the previous peak before 2021? Previous peak before twenty one. Yeah, let's go here. There. That's March that looks right. Twenty nineteen. March twenty nineteen. What's the rate then? Six point five. Okay, what is it now? Uh, as of S December seven point seven. Okay. So you know it's only, it's only fifty percent more. Just fifty percent more. So six point six to seven point seven. Uh huh. Uh, it's 50% more? That sounds like a... <coughs> what? Oh, not, not as much as 50%. No, 25-ish. 10. I don't know. I don't math. <laughs> it, it's it's somewhere in between, like, it's like 10 and 15%. Uh, I, I, think, so. I think I was going off of 
what I remember. Yeah, so it looks like the baseline like starts at a baseline and it doesn't fluctuate very much. And at the end, it does fluctuate a lot, but because the baseline is kind of hidden, you know, um, if you look at the percentage, it's not that high, but still, it's notable compared to the fluctuations <laughs> before. Notable. It, I mean, compared to the fluctuations, it's more than double. Yes. Yeah. So th- this is clearly an like an outlier, and you have to ask what's what's the causation there? Like this, this a coincidence. This uh, it's just mere. There are questions that this need to be all happened here. at this time. That's interesting. So, oh, this is sixteen years and over as well. It's the age group. So two thousand eight, the big market crash, uh-huh. Great Recession. Uh huh. We were uh, five point nine. Our lowest point is January 2014, 5.1. And then it's gone back up since then. I mean, it's been it's been a fairly steady climb since then. But it started to trend down. But it started to trend down, and then it just spiked hard. Until 2021. Yeah. Hard. But it, I mean, it would be interesting to see pre 2008. It would be interesting to, to see, see pre 2008. Because I'm wondering if it's kind of this wavy trend where it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. But even then, I mean, if you if you look at the data we have here, so 2008, it was it was actually kind of on an upward trend. It peaked at 6.5, and then it dropped, and it was down to six, 6.1, 6.2. Then it dropped to 5.8, down to. Uh, 5.4, then it went back up to 6, 6, and then 5.7, and then 2014 hits, and it drops to 5.1, almost 5.2, and then it climbs back up, and it's like 6.5 is is like the high peaks uh-huh. on, on every end. Your 6.5... In 2008, you're 6.5 in uh, 2019, and then it, it drops, and then it comes back up. So that is that is your peak and your valley right there. <clears throat> yeah. And then it starts to, to go into the valley, and then suddenly it just skyrockets <laughs> way above anything else that it's had. In this, it's a bit abnormal to the max, rest of the graph. Max rage. This is it's what you would call it's ridiculous. Yes, that that is that is that is an anomaly right there. A like, coincidental anomaly, because you can generally extrapolate from, <clears throat> especially when you're looking at this is over ten years of, of information. This is roughly, uh, what is that? Fourteen years. This is fourteen years of information, and you can see a clear pattern. You can you can see a clear peak dip peak, and then start to dip, and then and then an extreme anomaly. You know, and it would be helpful to see previous to that. But my bet, I would put money on that prior to two thousand eight, your peak was actually slightly lower than that, <laughs> because our population has been increasing. So with the population increase, you're going to you, have you're more. going to have yeah some steady increases throughout the decades. Well, but they're, they're going to be incremental. They're not going to be huge spikes like this. Is this a nominal or a relative graph? 
I don't like, know. Is it a percentage of the population? Like, does, does it's, the it's, baseline account for the it population It says thousands growth? of persons, so it's counting every Okay, so then yeah, it would thousands of persons. So, it's, yeah, it, it is. It is. And so, so every single year, your population goes up. Your your population is literally a, a line like this, right? Continuously going up. So your disability participation. So your disability participation theoretically would, would follow up, the yeah. same trend, but and, it doesn't. It follows. It follows it. And if anything, slightly like that. If anything, that trend actually might increase faster than the population, just because with how free market principles kind of work and all that stuff, things become more available for more disabled people to participate in the workforce. Mm -hmm. So there is that in there as well, but it's not that kind of spike just suddenly out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a more gradual spike in line with population yes. increase. That's, that's what I was saying. It's, it's the difference between the peaks is what you're looking for. So our peak in 2008 was uh, 6.543. Right, peak in twenty nineteen. Our peak in twenty nineteen is six point five seven zero. So the the difference that you know uh, that that uh, roughly thirty thousand or or yeah, it'd be thirty thousand. That that roughly thirty thousand people. That's that's your increase. Uh huh. That's that would be the increase that you would expect to see incrementally throughout time. So then you're looking. Okay, 2008 to 2019, that's 11 years. So 11 years from 2019, we should be roughly 30 to 35,000 people more on our next peak, which should be, you know, roughly 20, 30 something, right? Yeah, and it should be like 66. And so it should it should be roughly 66.6 is where we should be at. Right. But we're already, I mean, we're only a few years from 2019 and we're already... Over a million more. Uh huh. So this is a huge anomaly. Yeah. And this is just what's reported. Yes. So we found an anomaly. We made a correlation. We pointed out a correlation. Mm -hmm. Is it causation? Well, you decide. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, related. U.S. births continue to decline as nearly half of women under 45 are childless. Say that again, Trevor. U.S. births continue to decline as nearly half of women under 45 are childless, okay. according to a study. Did well, I give you enough time to find it? According to Scooby-Doo, about half of women are, in fact, lesbians. So this makes perfect <laughs> sense. I didn't get the reference there. Mike. The new Velma show is absolute trash, and they've destroyed <laughs> everything that Scooby-Doo is. It's a dumpster fire. <coughs> Do they say something like that? that have no, Velma there? is a lesbian now, and there's no Scooby. There's no Shaggy. And uh, Fred is a dumb, rich, white guy who's responsible for literally every problem that exists in the entire show. And Velma looks like she's Indian or black or something like that. It's, and they it's, wonder, just, it's just a dumpster fire. And fight. they wonder why it's got 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I've, I've seen a few social media posts in them, but I think my brain has just programmed and, itself to just keep on scrolling. And the director tries to tell you it's an origin story behind Mystery Incorporated, which doesn't make sense because there's already an origin story behind that, and it's fantastic, and you should watch it. It's called Mystery Incorporated. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or a pup named Scooby-Doo. There's also that. Anyway... <laughs> So, Continuing on. Um, moving on from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Never. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you need a Scooby of snack? Women under Keith? 45 are childless. <laughs> Can we stop talking about Scooby Doo for a second here? Okay, so just the implications of this are stunning. I mean, for one thing, Social Security is going to fail. For one thing. And for another thing, like, this is going to reshape society. Like, th- everything is going to be completely different. Um, I, I'm i not going to speculate as to how this is going to make everything different. Um, but basically, we have made the assumption that our population will continue to grow over time. In fact, our last article, we made that assumption that our population is going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. But if this trend continues, we cannot make that assumption anymore. And so my question <clears throat> is if we, d- we take this fact that uh, 48% of women under 45 are childless, what, I mean, we were just talking about correlation and causation. What would cause this sudden reversal of public trends it certainly has nothing to do with telling women that they don't need men in their <clears throat> lives. Well, or the fact that, you know, feminism and all this other stuff has made it so that it's just a terrible idea to get married anymore. It's it's not feminine to do or feminine things. <laughs> and, and, and so so the other interesting thing about this is so this is actually only a drop of 3%. Right. Compared so, to so the 50, previous like five co- years, compared to the previous four so if year this period, trend continues so, every five years. Humanity but, will be ins- extinct by the time gets we worse. have time to worry it about gets global worse, warming. Keith, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, because more. because it's a three percent drop in the number of in the the percentage of women that have given birth. It is a four percent drop in the number of men that have fathered a child. That's worse. Okay, I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. It went from 44% to 40%. Only 40% of men have fathered a child. Under the age of 45? Yes. From 15 to 45. Oh my gosh. Or 15 to 44. So that would mean that there are more men that have fathered children. Like, of that 40%, Mm -hmm. a, a higher percentage of them would have fathered multiple children from different women. That's how those statistics play out. That's how those statistics play out. Yes. Which means there is also a higher number of fatherless households, which means this problem will only get worse. Hold on, hold on. Let me find the men's Refer. I refer you to our episode, America's Heart Conversation. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I was in that one. You were not. That was right before you came on board. Gosh dang it, it's still loading. One of the things that comes to mind. All right, I'll just take your word for it. So 40% of, only 40% of men have fathered a child. So that's over half from, now. From 2015 to 2019, yes. About 40, 40% of men had fathered a child, uh, according to this study. Uh, compared to the 44% between 2011 and 2015. Holy bananas. That's bananas, you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, what what anyway, which, I'm not, So I, so this is this is directly showing this is directly showing multiple problems. Because one, it's showing that women are are not giving birth as often, which is is what the article is focused on. Yeah, that, focused on and is, that is has the births like, is declining. 
but it, it also is showing a drastic increase, drastic increase. This is drastic increase of the number of fatherless households. Because like you, like you pointed out, this percentage means that there are a large percentage of men that are having children with multiple women out of wedlock, which means... That's true. That, that's a 12% difference. Yes. Right? Yes. Because there's 52% of women have had a baby in mm-hmm. their lifetime under 45, uh-huh. and only 40% of men... Have fathered So that's a 12% difference. So that would mean, you know... It, I mean, there, there's an actual numbers difference there, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yes, you're you're looking at a huge discrepancy. You're looking at a lot of households without fathers. You're looking at a large decrease in birth rate, and and you're you're this is this is a a percentage depiction of the disintegration of the nuclear family. This this reminds me of uh, one of the meme apps I use whenever some woke something or other person is, is on that mm-hmm. uh, meme comes up. <coughs> the, the top comment is usually from American Psycho. Very nice. Let me see the relationship with her father. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... Like Mike said, this this is showing multiple problems. And yes, what this article is pointing out is a major problem. But right next to that major problem is another major problem. And what I was remembering from our uh, uh, episode, the uh, America's Heart Conversation, is on the religious side of things, a home that had... Uh, a home that had the father active in religion and just the father active was more likely to produce a child active in that religion than if a mother was the one only one active in religion yeah i remember talking about that <laughs> yeah no generally right that that's where we're talking about the children tend to follow the father's religious convictions yes and it's not to say that the mother's religious convictions wasn't important. It was just pointing out that having a father in the home with actual morals and following those morals yeah. is an extremely uh, has an extreme influence on a child. Yeah. My daughter's in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I am a sarcastic and awful person. So And she will be too. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited. My wife is probably right. not as excited. Anyways, well, Keith, what excited. you got? What you got? What you got? Well, um, so I know I shouldn't care about um, what people think a white guy thinks about feminism because I have quite a rant here for <laughs> you, but I thought I'd take the words from um, another woman. <clears throat> so Candace Owens wrote an article about this. And you know something? It's not a very long article, so I'm just going to read the enti- it in its entirety. So Candace Owens, she re- reacted to this uh, New York Post article about the declining birth rates, and she blamed femiz- feminism, which is frankly what I blame too. <laughs> so reading from the article, 
A new report indicates that birth rates in the U.S. continue to decline as nearly half of American women under 45 are childless, according to the New York Post. After decades of feminists discouraging and even vilifying the beauty of women having children in a family, does this study really surprise anybody? No, it is a logical outcome when millions buy into the lie of feminism. The dwindling birth rate is one of the casualties of the war on the family. This is a topic I return to repeatedly. There is a war on fertility in America, and there has been since the 1970s. The government is a chief proponent of this war, as it has encouraged women around the globe to take birth control pills for decades. Leftists say that it's needed so women can pursue a career rather than be a homemaker. Worse, the dominant message is that women shouldn't want to have children and instead want to work. Taking care of husbands and children is oppressive, the argument goes. The left as well as elected officials are increasingly anti-family. Because of that, you should not trust the government, least of all with your ovaries and your fertility. But what do I know? I'm not Dr. Fauci. How could I possibly understand the science behind why inserting hormones into your body every single day is somehow healthy? Well, maybe I think this is because I have common sense. Who could have, um, who could have common sense and think that putting hormones into your body, a la birth control, every day is a good thing for years on end? <laughs> At the same time, the culture has told young girls and women that they need to be equal to men, which means they can't be mothers and need to have a career outside the home. So now, as evidenced by the story in the New York Post, America is in a crisis. Birth rates are still dropping. Single women who have bought into the feminist feminism full-fledged are increasingly unhappy. How come? Well, as Dr. Jordan B. Peterson recently explained, it's because they have been told at least three lies. Quoting Dr. Peterson, What our society does to 19-year-old women or 18-year-old women, we just lie to them all the time, he said. You know, the first lie is that there's nothing more important than your career, more more or less by by definition. So that's the first lie. The second is that there will be nothing more important to you in your life than your career. So that's the second lie. And then the third lie is there should be nothing more important to you in your life than your career. That's the third lie. Peterson also observed that women naturally understand that something is amiss when they enter their late 20s. Contrary to what they've been told, women nurturing, women's nurturing instincts kick in and they desire to have a family, generally speaking. What I've seen, I, again, this is Dr. Jordan Peterson, what I've seen is that as women progressed towards their late 20s, there's a psychological transformation, the psychologist added. And what happens is that they place less emphasis on their career and way more emphasis, particularly on having a child. And that really reaches a crisis point around 29 or 30. For the vast majority of women, their attitude flips. And I've seen it flipped very dramatically with many women. End quote. Now, um, continuing as Candace Owens. Again, this is an all this is all common sense, but feminism lies to you by saying it won't happen to you. But the poisonous cancer of feminism cannot compete with real life and how your body and mindset change as you get older as a woman. Now, if you are a younger person listening to my podcast, then this might seem far out there. Perhaps you have heard people talk about the biological clock ticking or baby fever, but always thought that it was this sort of imaginary idea. My own personal 
personal experience alongside countless other women can tell you that there is a shift among women in their late 20s. It just happens. I was shocked by when it happened to me. In my early 20s, I was wild and free, and the concept of being a wife and a mother was so far off. Then when I turned 26, suddenly there was an alarm going off inside my body, and all I wanted to do was to find a mate and have children and begin that part of my life. Many moms can relay similar experiences. That was not taught to me. In fact, I was told the opposite. Thankfully, I didn't go down that road of feminism. For many who do go down that road, they suddenly realize that it may be too late to have children after investing so much time in a career. Their biological clock tells them that time is running out and then women tend to go crazy. Now... <clears throat> Now, there will be some women who write in the comments that they've never had children with their husbands and that they're perfectly happy. This might be true, and there are exceptions to every rule. I'm not talking about you. But generally, when I come across a full-fledged feminist woman who has worded off men, she isn't, very she isn't a very happy person. In fact, some of the craziest and most bitter people I've seen out there are the most radical feminists. We all know them. They've marched in the streets looking possessed with a burning anger. But it's not possession. It's simply unhappiness, and that's what's been taught to a generation of girls for 50 years. It seems that the fruits of that message can be seen in our low fertility rates. Whew. That is a strongly worded article. Yes. Uh, I, I will say her voice sounds a little better than yours. No offense. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't. You know, just, just a little. <clears throat> I don't have that same sexy voice that Candace Owens does. <laughs> Careful, she's married. Oh, and no, so are I'm, you. I'm married. So too. are you. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> My wife loves Candace Owens, so I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a poison. Candace Owens is on both of your hall pass lists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what I've seen is I've seen that even feminists are realizing that they've had a bad deal. Uh, Trevor, did you find that clip that I emailed to you from TikTok? The first link I sent to you didn't work, but the second one should. Uh, the one that's a TikTok link. TikTok link. I don't see a TikTok link. He sent it in a separate email. It's Sherry oh, on TikTok. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Did you find it? All right. Hold on. Let me, let me pull up the stuff. So I think this is an example of uh, even feminists, like, reacting to how horrible feminism has made their lives. And again, this is coming from a woman. This is not coming from me. Hopefully the link is up. Otherwise, I would have uh, sold it a bit too much if it doesn't work. Sherry on TikTok. All right. Uh, let me make sure. Do this right. Stop. And then I can do this. Aha. Full screen it. Yep. Holy pop-up things, Batman. Full screen. 
I couldn't leave her today. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was from lack of sleep. You know, it always tickles me when someone asks me if I'm okay because I seem distracted or disengaged. So let's stop asking working moms if they're okay. They're probably not okay. We grow a human being inside of us for nine months. Our bodies and souls are connected to another human being. Bam, they're here. Bam, we go back to work six to 12 weeks later. Bam, you have less than four hours a day with them, which is usually hurried or rushed. Bam, you're sitting at your desk for eight hours. We all know we can do our jobs probably between the hours of nine and two. But a long time ago, a white man who was a bully and had no soul and hated his family decided eight to five sounds good. <laughs> and bam, we're sitting and we're typing on our computers. I get an email that's like, hey, Liz, can you uh, make this graphic pop? I'm like, yeah, no, no worries. I will sure be glad to make that image pop for you. There's nothing else I would rather do. And then bam, daycare calls and says your child has contracted their weekly virus. So you go and you get her and you spend your entire paycheck on not only daycare, but babysitters to help when they're sick, doctor's visits, co-pays, medicines, only to have it repeat itself a couple weeks later. You never really feel caught up because you're just drowning from weeks before and everything is falling apart and drowning and dying inside. So no, American working women are not okay. We're a little fight or flighty, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so to sum up, that was an article of a woman. <laughs> I'm judging by how she said that it was white men who came up with the nine to five, um, that she is a feminist. Uh-huh. And she is a working mom. She also has that stupid drag in her voice that I hate. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Uh, you know, she doesn't seem particularly happy because her life is drowning in this work, uh-huh. which is the life she chose. She's by the made way. work her priority. Yeah, um, but I mean, she is a mother, so there's that. Um, so good for her for having a baby, and she's acknowledging how connected she is to her child, and of course she would be, and that. She's basically saying that she is unhappy. Not only is she unhappy because she doesn't get to spend time with her child, but she also spends her entire paycheck. That might be a slight exaggeration, but not much uh-huh. on daycare. And apparently when your child gets sick, you still have to pay for daycare, but you also can't take them to daycare <laughs> anymore. And so you have to pay for babysitters or nannies or whatever uh, while your child is sick. Um, and then... It just happens. Again. So in other words, she can never get caught up. She never gets time with her child. She spends all of her time at work. I don't blame her for thinking this is a a horrible life that she leads because she has to try to do she's, everything. She's been trained to think that that's the best way to live her life. But here's the thing about feminism. Wasn't it them, not a white man, who wasn't it the feminist movement who declared that to be equal with men, you had to get a job? Uh-huh. Uh, like I w- I'm not going to call it a patriarchy. I'm going to call it traditional society. Try to protect women from this when the norm back in the day was to be a stay-at-home wife. Yeah. They were the ones that rejected that. So don't come complaining to me if you <laughs> realize that it's too hard. <laughs> the patriarchy you're fighting wants to go back to where a family can survive off of one income and you get to stay home and do whatever you want at home. Well, take care of your family. <laughs> And addressing the argument, again, uh, quoting from Candace Owens' um, article that taking care of a husband um, and children is oppressive, you know something? If if you are living a life where you just want to do whatever you want, you know, like when you want to do it, like that's true, it is oppressive because that is a responsibility that you took on and it is a lifetime commitment because you can't just abandon your children. Uh-huh. 
Uh, although I suppose a lot of women abandon their husbands nowadays. Unless, but you're that's Hunter, uh, unless your name is Hunter Biden, you knock up a uh, stripper and then walk away. Well, again, we're talking about women. Pay. You know, women oh, are women, usually women, not the ones women. that yeah, abandon their children. True. That's true. Um, I don't know how Hunter identifies. Anyway, so the point that. is, is that is a lifetime commitment. But also, <laughs> if you choose not to have children... That's also a lifetime commitment. Yep. I mean, you can change your mind later in life, but like if you are, you know, 45 years old and you've never had a child, you know, it, I guess it's ab- not absolutely too late, but it's basically too late for you to have the family that you may have imagined when you were younger. Well, I mean, Soraya was... Because you made a lifetime commitment to this ideology that has made you unhappy. Soraya was in her 90s or something now, when she had her first child, but you Obviously... Know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to rat on people that have that working women, people that have two jobs, because there are a lot of there are a lot, are a lot of circumstances in which having a second income is absolutely essential. You know, like benefits, needing the extra income to make you know um, ends meet, that sort of thing. Like, those are all legitimate um, reasons to have a job. But please stand with me and fight for the rights of women to make this less necessary. Do you know what I think is the best way to give women the freedom that they crave is help their husbands make more money so they have the option to staying home. Make working women an an option instead of a mandatory thing. And if you ask me, feminism has caused women to value working as a second income that our economies have adjusted so that um, working with a second household income, it used to be optional, but now it's mandatory. Just about. Just about. And so you can't blame white men for that. It is feminism that made that made women value that um, instead of what the tradition, like the traditional families valued. <coughs> yes, sir. <sighs> so anyway, what other thoughts do you have on feminism? I hate it. I think that's that's all so I got. To sum up, it. I'm sure I'll rant about feminism again in the future, but to sum up, I would say that the ideology of feminism is really bad for men, but it is even worse for women. Yes. Yes. The last story to leave you with. In Utah, there's a uh, another fight for school vouchers. So the most the most recent one that failed made it through the state legislature, got onto Governor Coxie Face's desk. Governor pronoun, and uh, he vetoed it. <laughs> Governor pronoun. <laughs> he vetoed it because you know the teachers union said that they won't donate to his thing if he doesn't if he votes for it. So he vetoed it, and it failed. Uh, the override of the veto. Now. It's back on the table, but this time it is tied to a pay raise for teachers. <laughs> All right, teachers union, <laughs> let's see you get Cox to veto this one. We're giving you what you want, but we're getting what I want. I love how the article you picked for this was written by an assistant professor in one of the most useless classes I've ever heard of. It's, it's, here, here's the best part. Alexander Hires, a PhD, is assistant professor in the history of U.S. education at the University of Utah College of Education. So, 
He went to school to learn how to teach at school, only to not be the teacher at school. <laughs> in a class that's literally just teaching you about the history of teaching in school. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he looks exactly like you would think someone like that would do. And his his entire opinion on this because I can't call this article an actual news article. It's it is trash. an opinion article. Uh-huh. His entire opinion on this is based on conjecture. And the funniest thing about it to me is he he goes through and he lists all these things that people that that are proponents of the voucher Thing would argue he, he lists them as these like pie in the sky there's no proof type things and then he makes a statement about it that is completely unfounded as, like, as his basis like any good person who studied how to study would do like seriously so, so his his uh his his thing right here is um Let's see, proponents of this proposal will likely frame it as the expansion of school choice and the free market in education. Sure, yes it is. Because literally what it does is it makes it so that you have more choices, which is school choice. It provides competition. And it provides competition to public schooling, which is the free market. So yes, inherently it does those things, correct. Uh, they will likely frame it as an escape hatch for students who attend under-resourced schools. Uh, you mean like all of the, um, oh, frick, what are they called? Uh, I can't remember. The the schools that are, are uh, for... Uh, charter schools? No, not charter schools. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about the, the public schools that are um, the, like, disadvantaged areas and, and stuff like that. Um there's a name for him, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, my wife's going to chew me out for forgetting it later because <laughs> she talks about them all the time. Anyway, it, it, and it is. It is an escape hatch for that because it, it gives the, the parents of those children a means to remove them from those schools because legally you can't remove them from those schools if you live in those school boundaries. Uh-huh. You, you have to send your kids there. Hey, I want you're, to say you're not my, allowed. You're not allowed to, to choose a different district or choose a different school just because you want to because you don't like that school. I want to send my child to City Y. Yeah, but you live in City B, and that goes to this school. Yeah, yeah. well, see how that school basically looks like it's abandoned. I yeah. don't want to send my child there. So yeah, yeah, that's too bad. That's where you're going. It it is an escape hatch. That it is also true. Relatedly, they will likely tote the greater quality of private schools in the state. He also never refutes the fact that private schools and charter schools are better than public schools during this entire thing. <laughs> he just puts greater quality in quotes in every time he mentions it. That's what he does. And then he puts in this. In reality, a system of school vouchers will subsidize schooling for the rich and religious of the state. Um, no. I'm not exactly sure, um, you know, where he's been she, in the she, state, but there really aren't that many, like, really rich people here. Like, 
Utah has a very large middle class. <laughs> yep. Very large. That's part of what makes its economy so strong. Yes. We have a very, very large middle class. We do not have a ton of rich people. We do have we do have a decent amount of there's, rich people. There's a fair amount. There's but, a fair amount. Yeah. But it's not it's not the entire population that sends their their kids to charter school. The grand majority of kids <laughs> that go to charter and private schools around here are middle class families that want their kids to have a better education, that want their kids to start businesses, that want their kids to succeed. And so they find a way to send them to a school that isn't a private school because the private schools around here suck ass. Like he, hard. He, he, he points out families and students who already attend private and independent schools in Utah would be eligible for these vouchers. Good. Okay. okay. Most, but not all of these families have the financial resources to attend these schools without the help of vouchers. Right. Otherwise they wouldn't be sending them there. Right. Providing a voucher to most of these families has the potential to function as an entitlement for the rich. No, as you, no see... You lost me again. See, you're... You are officially handicapped. If your brain worked past this point, it would tell you that if people in the middle to upper lower class had these vouchers, they could afford to send them to a private school now. Because... They suddenly have an extra seven thousand or whatever the voucher is that they yeah. can use on and, education and this, for this child. I'm going to point this out. Who's making this argument? Uh, did Alexander Hires is the the guy that wrote the article? And, and this is uh, th- this is from the bill that Governor Cox just vetoed. No, 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 no. That he vetoed. Okay, you're going to have to sum it up one yeah, more time for he, me. So previous the previous voucher thing failed because it was just vouchers. Okay. This new one is now tied to a pay raise for teachers because okay. the last thing, one of the big arguments with the, with the last voucher thing was, you're trying to take all this money from schools and teachers are underpaid. And so now the... So let's pay them more and <laughs> take all the money away from the schools. So now the state legislatures turn around and say, okay, well, here's okay, your so pay that raise puts the unions plus vouchers. A, between a rock and a hard place because yes. if they get yes. the school, if we get the school choice, then that means the teachers don't get the raise... No, if we get the school choice, then they do get oh, the raise. Oh, then they do get the raise. Yes. But if we don't get the school choice, choice then they don't they... get the raise. Yes. Okay. Yes. So so they either get the raise and we get the vouchers, or if we don't get the vouchers, they don't get a raise. Give, yep. and, t- give and take only works when both sides well, that's, give and take. That sounds yes. like some good news to me. It's, it's, to... it's a per- I think it's beautiful. And, and th- so the thing that really pisses me off about this you should have made this the hot mic. I I, oh, I thought about that too. Because <laughs> especially since my, my wife's been a teacher for years, I've I've seen how the unions work. I've I've listened to her stories about different teachers and different things. I've heard her stories about schools. And and the funniest thing is to me, like, you know, growing up I never really thought about it, but but then especially after I I I uh, I was dating my wife and stuff. One of my big hangups was that she was a teacher. Because <laughs> I was I was like, I just hate public education so much. And then you know we dated, we got married, and, and she'd tell me these stories, and I'm like, this is why I hate public education. <laughs> like like everything you just said is why I hate public education. Fair enough. So bad, and, and it's gotten to the point now where she's like. Yeah, you're right. We're not sending our kid to public school. <laughs> I, my wife was a teacher. She doesn't want to send our kids to a public school. 
That's all you need to know, really. That that is that is literally all you need to know. You know, it's it's that bad. And and so she she actually got uh, in a like not an argument, but she she had a discussion with uh, one of the union reps at, at her uh, school right before she quit, where they were talking about this particular. Um, you know, legislation, the, the school vouchers coming with the, the, the raise and the union rep was there talking to, to the teachers about it. And she's like, the raise is good. The vouchers are bad. And, and she kept pulling out these, you know, examples of, well, it, the, the, the public schools are like, you know, public roads, you know, even if you don't use it, you're, you should pay for it. You know, it's like a public park. Even if you don't use it, I mean, you can you can go and use a country club, uh, but that doesn't mean you can stop paying for the public park. And I'm I'm sitting there looking at him like like the public park is the perfect example because <laughs> a public park, yes, I can go get a membership at a country club and I can pay for it myself and I can go to the country club. But just because I'm going to the country club, that doesn't exclude me from using any pieces of equipment I damn well want to whenever the hell I want to at the public park. Uh huh. It's not the same thing with public education. I can't take my child to the, the elementary school library and use any book that I want in the elementary school library because it's a public school because my child's not enrolled at the public school. Yes, So it's I public, can't go use the, the public school library because my child's not enrolled there. Yes, it's public, but you're not a member. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And that's where her argument falls apart. It's complete and utter bullshit. What she's also saying is we shouldn't have public parks then if we're not going to have public schools. Your terms are acceptable. Yeah. You know, and 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 so she she keeps pulling out these arguments and every one of her arguments I was like you you're making my point. Like what you're arguing is the exact reason why we, we need to do school vouchers because, and, and the one thing that she said that was, that I think was her real reasoning why she hates the school voucher thing is, is something I didn't actually know because I was under the impression that uh, schools got paid per child that they have in the school. Apparently, they get paid per child that they have in the school plus any child that would be in the school if they weren't getting homeschooled or sent to a charter school or, or a private school because you have to report to the district uh -huh. that your child is going to a private school, a, a charter school, or you're homeschooling them. So they get paid either way. And so that child gets counted towards the, other, the public school because there's a chance that at some point during the year you could pull your child from the homeschooling or whatever and send them to the public school. So the public school should get funding for your child that isn't going to public school. You want to know what's fantastic about Utah with that? What? So I told my wife about this, and we, oh, yeah. we homeschool our child, our kids. Mm -hmm. And... Currently, it's just our son because he's old enough. The um, Our next daughter, I think next year, she's school age. Um, but in Utah, there's a public school, quote unquote. It's all online and whatever. You enroll them in this school. So your funds that would be tied to your child in public education, they go to this online school that facilitates everything you need for homeschooling including how to get reimbursed for uh, your expenses and all this other stuff. 
So your money that would go to whatever school district you're in doesn't because you are enrolled in public school at this online public school. <laughs> That's a fair workaround. I'm all for that. However, however, with the voucher however, program, that however, would be even better. <laughs> even then, like, yes, if, if you're going to use that as a resource, then by all means, the funding should go there and, and, and whatever. But if you're not using that as a resource and you are homeschooling, private schooling, charter schooling, whatever, the school shouldn't get that funding. No, because <clears throat> the child isn't there. Because the child isn't there. Which is yes, if you if you change your mind partway through the year and you send your child there, then then they should have a way of, oh, you know, updating their role with no, the district and, and getting getting paid for it. Sure. But aside from that, like the the funds should go where they go, because I, I I mean yeah, in in Utah, our sales tax pays for our education, good chunk of it, yeah. So regardless of whether you own property or not, regardless of whether you have a child or not, you're paying for public education. So yep. where does the money get allocated if you don't have a kid in school? So. <laughs> so I want to I want to sum up both sides of the argument here. So the people that are in favor of school vouchers, the way the system works now is that the school gets funding based off of where the kids like um, where their jurisdiction is. So like yeah. what area all of mm -hmm. the children live in, um, including those that are homeschooled or sent to private school or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's how it currently works yes. on how the schools get funding. And so the voucher program would basically follow the kid instead of following the school. Yes. yes. So if a, if a kid decided to go to some other school, um, they would take the public funding that would normally be spent on him. In they wouldn't take school. all of the public funding. They mm. would take, all right, was it 25% basically or 50% something like that? to go to wherever yeah. you want. Um, and, and that would create competition even among the um, public schools trying to make them better because they're competing with these private schools that parents are wanting to send their kids to. So the parents have more choice into where to send their children. Yes. And so quality of education actually matters. And um, the flip side of that is they just, the people that are against that, they just want more fu funding for the public schools. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Well, and the, the people that are against it are the ones that are either in the unions or are being educated about everything by the unions. And that explains why ad administration enroll or administrators hired by schools have gone up exponentially well, compared to teacher <clears throat> hires. In schools. I am going yes. to try to change your minds on why we should keep the current system. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> I'm going to try to. When's do this? the last time you were in a bar fight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Deadly force authorized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to get my uh, my coach voice on here. So trying to give you a motivational speech as to why we should keep the current system. <clears throat> Did the captain of the Titanic give up when he realized he was headed towards an iceberg? <laughs> Did Congress quit when they passed the largest budget the country has ever seen, leading to world record deficits and debt? Did the government quit when they pushed an ineffective vaccine that tried to hide data from the public? Did the Federal Reserve quit when it took control of our currency? 
Did the school system give up when it started a new math and everyone hates it? Did Sam, Sam Bankman Freed give up when he tr was in the midst of a Democrat money laundering scheme and then his company went under? <clears throat> Did the Soviet Union give up when the collective farms weren't producing enough food? No, they kept going. And oh, wait, they probably should have given up. <laughs> Did Hitler give up when he lost World War II? And wait. <clears throat> All right. Oh. You, in you, other words, you sold me. You when sold something me. doesn't work, you need to keep doing it harder and with more intensity. That's what I've learned from the Democrats and some Republicans, many Republicans. So I, I think we. Fortunate number of Republicans. I don't think I convinced you, did I? I didn't convince myself either. When we covered this before, a story came up with the uh, top ranked high, top ranked schools in Utah. Public, private, otherwise. And the reason why this yahoo of a man can't make the argument of, uh, what was it, greater quality? Yeah. The first school district-based school, itinerous early high itinerous early college high school, which is a special enrollment into a college thing through the school district, is number five on the list for the top-ranked schools based off of test scores and all this other stuff. As far as actual high schools, Corner Canyon High School, number seven on the list, which is in one of the richest cities in Utah. <laughs> Meaning they have a lot of money to dump into the school to give them uh -huh. better stuff. Outside of that, number one, Beehive Science and Technology Academy, which is a special enrollment high school for you want your kid to go there to learn math and science, and that's it. Mm. Yes, and it is located right next to the Dollar Theater <laughs> in Sandy. In Sandy. <laughs> in, in like in like on, on the edge of like Nothing White closed. City Sandy. Like in a sadly outdated strip mall. Yes. And that is number one on the list. You don't even know the thing is there unless you're driving to the dollar store the, or the dollar theater. The only like, reason crap, I know exactly where it's at is because we used to plow their parking lot <laughs> right. during the winter. <laughs> so yeah, that's number one in Utah. It is a private entity that specifically focuses on science, technology, mathematics. And parents want to send their kids there instead of public school. I wonder why. <laughs> and it, it's really interesting when you just look up top-ranked schools in Utah. They don't usually do a list that's intermingled. They split them uh -huh. into charter and public and, uh -huh. you know, private schools. That makes sense why they would want to do that. Because they don't want to compare public schools. Because they don't want to compare private schools to public schools. They don't. Because it, it demolishes every argument that they ever make about public schools being worthwhile. That's why I love this U.S. news list. <laughs> Best high schools in Utah. Do we, do we have All a sense them. on if the, um, if the raise slash school vouchers thing is going to pass? It has a very good chance of passing just because of the raise. That would be so exciting. I know. And... The double-edged sword of it that I'm sure they haven't thought of yet is, sure, we can give the teachers raises. 
parents get to move their students wherever they want. Okay, that's fine. Hey, we're going to have to let some of you teachers go. Why is that? <laughs> There's not enough students here for all the teachers, so we got to let some of you go. But don't worry, I hear there's openings in the private schools. Yeah, in the private schools. Where you're not receiving federal funds, but so you, you don't get better this raise. be good teachers to get jobs there. Yep, you actually have to have some sort of credibility. So, in other words... Oh, my gosh. Teachers need to be good at their jobs. So, Beehive Science and Tech is ranked number one in Utah. They are ranked number 305 in the nation. (laughs) That's a lot of schools. Yeah. So, which one did you say was the first... uh, First actual high school. Actual high school in here? Um, The first one I'm seeing is Corner Canyon at number seven. Yeah, Corner Canyon. That one's ranked number 980 in the nation. And that's number two? And that's, that's number seven. That's the first number actual high number school. High school. That's the first. Utah. That's the first. Yeah, high school in the public high school. That's not like some special program thing. <laughs> Beehive has a one hundred percent graduation rate. Let's see. I want to. That send... doesn't sound like something to be bragging about. No, that is something to be bragging about. To have a hundred percent graduation. That rate? means that every single student that goes through there graduates. Every single one. And oh. they, and oh, then they okay. have... I assumed it was because of the lowering of the standards. No. So, like, wouldn't that say that you have standards because everyone graduates? <clears throat> if it wasn't the Beehive Science and Technology <laughs> Academy that focuses specifically on science, technology, mathematics... Oh, I see. You're, that's yeah. right. You said it was number number one school in Utah. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. Okay. That one's sorry. The I thought one you were school. saying, like, the number one public school or something. No, no, no. 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 Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um... The last thing from this douche canoe that I love to share. These vouchers could be used in schools with religious affiliations. Yes. Yes. And I have no issue with the existence of religious schooling. Liar. Wait, who said that? (laughs) Who has no issue with Uh, the the article writer? Alexander Hires. Okay. PhD. (laughs) Yeah. However, I do foresee issues with the separation of church and state if the government becomes involved in subsidizing religious education. See, the money goes to the child who chooses where they're going to school. The money does not go to religious school unless child chooses to go to religious school. Also, it's the parents' money anyway because they're paying the the taxes... Yeah, are the ones paying and the taxes. And this is going back to the family to <laughs> pay for the child. And the government child. is there to serve the citizens. I, and by go- gosh, also, those parents separation of church and state does not exist, Mr. PhD. History oh, of yeah, U.S. That's education. I keep forgetting that. The state will be opening themselves up to a number of thorny constitutional issues. Show me in the Constitution where it says that, and I will accept your argument. Fair. <laughs> he's He's... Mr. No, you, you have to you have to remember here, Trevor. Okay, he's an he's a he's a PhD in the history of U.S. education, and he's so good at it. He's the assistant professor. He's, yeah, he's so good at it. He's the assistant <laughs> professor at the U of U. You know, so and and the history of U.S. education does not cover. The Constitution in any way, shape, or form. Why why would it? Why why would it at all talk about the Constitution? (laughs) Uh, I also love... This is is my favorite thing about the entire article, 
right here since we're talking about greater quality and everything of the uh, private schools. Second, there is a belief that private and independent schooling provide greater quality. But what do we mean by quality? Better test scores and greater resources often stand in for a more nuanced conversation about what makes a quality school. That's it. That's all he says about it. <clears throat> because he has no argument against the fact that, by and large, private, charter, and homeschooling blow public schooling out of the water as far as quality of education goes. So, there's that. Yeah. <sighs> I feel vindicated. How are we doing on time, Mike? Oh, we are. It is. We almost are 10 o'clock. Heavy on time. All right. So I take it you're deciding which articles to abridge there, Trevor? Yeah, I, 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 I'm done. But there's two other articles. One's on the ATF. Arm brace. Bold move of them to do that after the Supreme Court told them you can't just make up rules. Just over two and a half hours. <laughs> and then another one from Vice about uh, trans people are preparing to flee the U.S. and seek asylum at other countries. I think oh, they let's cover should. cover that one next week. I think they should start with um, the Middle East. The Iran? Uh, like Iran. Yeah. And um, I hear they're very welcoming to that kind of stuff. And you are some kind of phobic if you don't believe that. <laughs> you need to be loving and move to their countries. Something like that. And uh, embrace new cultures. Pakistan and uh, Russia. Could go to Russia. They could go to Russia. Russia yeah. should be a good place. Saudi Arabia. For a, yeah, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia would be a great one. They're very inclusive. Um. What's the one that's around Israel? Oh my gosh. I'm spacing Palestine. the name. Palestine, yes. Oh yeah. I was thinking Philistine for some reason. Close enough. I mean at at, at an ancient time, yeah. <laughs> at, at country? I thought it was just part of Israel. It is. They'd like to be their own though. So long as Israel doesn't exist. Looking at a map here. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. That's all we got. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. We didn't get to everything, but we got to some of the more important ones. Yeah, so. Yeah, there's a whole other section of stuff just skipping. Probably have it next week because I'm sure there'll be more. Or not. It's it's a bunch of states just making awesome moves. and one Oh, there was make, some good news that making, we skipped over. Yeah, and All right. one state making stupid moves. But we'll get to that next. Still time. think Greater Idaho is the best thing I've heard all week. One of the states, California. One of the states is California. Correct. Oh, what a surprise! Correct as usual, King Friday. <laughs> <laughs> he has a wonderful song about boys being boys and girls being girls. It's true, and people hate him for it now. It's the best. <laughs> we should put that. I as need our to find an entire collection effects. of of Mister Rogers Neighborhood episodes <laughs> that I can show my child <laughs> instead of the garbage that's on now. Fair. That's a good idea. With all that, like, subscribe, share things, I don't know, whatever else is available. Do all the stuff and pray that we make it on Crowder's platform. <laughs> or at least an honorable mention. Or at least an honorable mention. <laughs> Footnote at the end on his website. Would be, yeah, if great. he put us as a backlink on something, that'd be great too. Yeah. <laughs> would accept. Would accept. I'm not desperate. <laughs> <laughs> You're desperate. <laughs>
Bye. Half ago. So there's that. Oh, Captain, well, uh, my Captain. Oh, Captain, my Captain. We'll rely on your creativity. Um, I did prepare stuff. What he doesn't know is the, the ship that I'm captaining, captaining is uh, the one that you see uh, at the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it's just sinking into That's the harbor. <laughs> well, he got where the important thing is. But we he will got where make he it to shore. to go. <laughs> That that was a great scene. Like just right, right when he steps off the port, he's like, "You can't dock your boat there." Wait. <laughs> Welcome, Port Royal, Mister Smith. <laughs> uh, good times. What a great era of movies that was. Back movies when. now suck. Yeah. Actually, I just realized I. Got to empty his faculties. I am recording. Oh, you are recording? I have been. The entire time. The entire time. You can still go. They, they all just heard you say you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> it's okay. I haven't synced the video yet. You're fine. He's not fine. And. Oh, that was bad. Uh, I don't know. That was decent. I, there's a there's a headline to the side of one of these that took me a second because I thought it said man hit and killed after exiting vehicle following crash on I-405 in brothel but there is not an R there it's just bothel B-O-T-H-E-L-L wow that, that apparently story. there was an accident in Tooele yesterday where a minivan crashed into an engineering office and killed somebody in the office Oh, wow. I mean, somebody getting killed by an accident inside of a brothel is not outside the realm of possibility here. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we... Uh, <clears throat> are we... What are we waiting for here? Uh, just waiting for some music to play or something. Oh. Is it is it me that we're waiting on now? Basically, I, I wasn't sure you were typing and diddling over there. I wasn't. I, uh, I was diddling with puzzle. the wayback machine while I was waiting for music. Yes. Well, fine then. <laughs> I guess I'll. What the hell is even that? <laughs> that has a name now. It does. <laughs> I like it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>